0: This is the unscripted podcast. All right, Bob, what's going on? Hey, living the dream. Got a wife, four kids, and a mortgage. So that's like country music song, ain't it? That's American dreams, what they say nowadays. You did know? Kobe? Did Toby Keith die? That's What Courtney told me this
1: morning. Yeah, he had Yeah, he had cancer. Mm-hmm. Wow, man, he really I didn't understood. know that. Man, he really ain't as good as he once was. In that's a shame. Though. Too yeah. soon. Too soon. No, I mean, I didn't mean that mean, you know, I mean, I just, yeah. you know, I mean, that that's a Too
0: soon, Chris, too I soon I
1: wasn't, y'all are so cold You
0: need to go, do, need to go do 17 Hail Marys now
1: <laughs> Is that what gets you out of jail free?
0: That's, according to the Catholics, you know what I mean? Hey, it's speaking of Hail Marys, the Super Bowl's coming up this uh, this Sunday and Who do uh, you want to win, the, the Niners I, or Taylor listen, Swift? Somebody was asking me the other day, they're like, hey, we could do this, watch Super Bowl, whatever I said, look, I said, I don't care if anybody, we want to get together and eat and watch the Super Bowl, but I have not watched a single quarter, a whole quarter of an NFL game this year. And that's, that's kind of untypical of me. I'm not, it's not like I boycotted them or any of that stuff, but it's just, just been, been slammed. You know, you gotta, gotta make priorities of that time. So
1: yeah. The, um, it's funny how those things happen, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. The, I, watched, I mean,
0: I didn't, but I probably didn't miss uh, three quarters of all of Tennessee's games, you know, so it's about priorities, right?
1: Well, I watched, uh, I watched, uh, see, I watched the Saints play at the at the Dome, so that was pretty good, but other than that, I probably watched less than a quarter of it, too. You know, whatever was on, if Aiden had it on on Sunday afternoon, that'd been about the best I could figure, but he's always gone, you know, they never stay at the house on Sunday, you know, they're all, like, yeah. oil and water.
0: yeah. Did uh I watched the first half the other day with dad uh, at his house on the Tar Heels game? Did they they were smoking
1: Duke when I smoke? I wish I had like a do I got a good one here like like this is what I think about like I watched the game and this is Duke's performance. (laughs) (laughs) Or or (laughs) yeah, they thought they were going to win, but
0: (laughs) yeah. So like, and the the sad thing was though. Like, Duke wasn't even playing. They were playing junkie, and they were still kind of hanging around. Well, Carolina, when they jumped out on them,
1: you know, what happened was by the end of the game, they were both shooting 50% from the floor. But, I mean, Duke just wasn't playing any basketball. I mean, they just weren't, I mean, any defense. And so, you know, you get Mm -hmm. somebody that's just matching you shot for shot. Whoever's in the head, I mean, whoever's ahead, they're just going to win. You know, so all you Duke fans, Carolina superior. Just want just want to go ahead and let that be known, you know. The- yeah, and so uh,
0: we didn't ever decide. We never we we just saw we we're going to get on here and talk today. But I think it's kind of a good little thing to start with is that when you get ahead, stay ahead. And and uh, so we got Alan Morrow on the podcast. We kind of told the big legacy type story of um, kind of tracing things back last week, and man, uh, and then Alan is. Uh, like I get calls from other people about, you know, from six hours away, just telling me about the, the good works that, that Alan's doing. And so Alan, if I had anything to tell you is just stay ahead, keep working at it, keep doing good.
1: I'm, I'm doing
2: my best at that.
1: And you're doing yeah. a great job. And Thank you, you yeah. know, Alan, uh, you know, he's, he's interning with us right now, Bob. Yeah. And, I know. and the, uh, so he's, you know, he's got his exit strategy for the army, and the, uh, so he's he's you know he's taken a you know a, a great leadership role here with us, and just you know of yep. course continuing to do a great job.
0: Of all the times that me and you have complained about how the government spends their money, the government is paying Allen to yep. do an internship with at the KW. They oh, are, yeah.
1: yeah. What an awesome thing! And yeah, you know that's just your money hard at work now. For real. Yeah, so when you think so when
0: you think about not cheating on your taxes this year, just think about you know the that your part will go toward Allen's uh, salary for these two months while they work for KW. That's yeah. right.
2: Yeah, and they uh, honestly the army really didn't have any reservations about it. It was a pretty quick. Yes, um, surprisingly.
1: That's amazing to think about, though. You know, and, and probably that just shows the overall shape of the armed services to a lot of degree. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean that that you know, so what is the reason why they wanted you to do the internship?
2: Well, I'm doing the internship because I'm kind of, I am going through a, a, well, it's a medical evaluation board. Um, I'm on my way, my way out of the army um, for medical reasons. So, what the army is allowing is for me to spend two months kind of trying to figure out life after the army. What kind of career do I want? Come here, you know, learn some skills. Whether that, you know leads to something in ministry or if it goes to corporate world, there there's definitely things that I can learn here and and apply it to my life. So
1: that's great. So really it's, it's a good way for the army to make sure that, you know, you don't end up as a statistic. It is really.
2: Yep. And that's, that's exactly what it's for. I mean, you know, really the program that they, that they have is focused for, um, high risk soldiers. So what you're looking there, looking at there is really the ones who are getting out with medical reasons, the ones who only do four years and then they get out. Um, you know, if you look at, at folks who do 20 years and then retire, well, they've kind of got their exit strategy. They've been working on that for a couple of years. Right. Um, they have a plan. So. Right. Kind of those that weren't planning on it is the ones that the program set up for.
1: Right. Right. Well, either way, we're, we're glad, you know, that uh, – Yeah, you're on our team, you know, so now you can really be all you can be. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. We
0: appreciate, uh, first, you know, your, your service to to the country. Uh, I, I guess I say that first, but more importantly, we're like, we appreciate your service to the Lord and what, you know, what you are, what you're doing for God. And it's, it was a, I mean, it was just a flat joy to, um, to just you know preach about you, and in fact, I mean, Alan, like what what you're doing for the Lord. I'm not putting pressure on you, but like, I mean, I saw a guy at a gravesite service, uh, Sunday afternoon, and I was telling him about Alan Morrow, and and so that's a uh, it's not the it's not to boost your uh, bubble, but the the point was is this guy influences a whole lot of a whole lot of people in the brotherhood, and this guy. Um, he, he, he tries to, uh, I, what I was trying to talk to him about was not just recruiting Allen. I did say that to him. I said, if you're really wanting to, to find your, your next prospect, I said, you need to look at Allen Morrow. And I said, if you want, if you want another guy like Taylor Cooper, uh, you know, so I was talking to Kirk brothers and, and the idea was, was that not just, you know, not just the, uh, the standard of that Taylor's special, but the fact that the, the method of how Taylor was taught and the method of how Alan was taught and the principles of put on you two guys, I don't think it's not a, well, I don't not think it's not a coincidence that you got two guys who, who, who under undergo their conversion with the Lord. And then now they're being evangelistic. What's, is that just a coincidence or is that because of part of this, of this method of which KW is trying to, to make disciples and, and ultimately a disciple is someone who is, who's on mission with Jesus. He, Jesus said, follow me and I will make you become, you're being changed fishers of men. And so you're on, you're on mission with Jesus. And so we're most proud of you for, uh, not because you went through basic training and did pushups, you know, and and your career with the military, but because of, you know, what you're doing for the Lord now and, and it's a you're part of, of what was in the vision and in the prayers of of God's people with trying to make a shift in the Lord's church of that. The preachers aren't the only ones being evangelistic, but that when we make new disciples, that those disciples will be in turn trying to make disciples.
2: Well, Bob, I'm you know, I've, I've said this a, a million times at this point. You know, I'm I am not special. I am blessed. I, you know, as far as the army goes. I'm not doing as many push ups as I once was and I'm I'm happy about that. Is <laughs> that because of discipline right? or is it is, well it's you know I'm on my exit strategy, so you know, I gotta <laughs> worry about other things right now. Right. But you know, I'm not special. What I go out and do is it's not hard. There's nothing special about that. Um, anybody can do it and really I mean you talked about Taylor Cooper and me and him, like our stories are very much alike with, with the way that you know, the gospel was brought to us and how it was presented and really you can ask him and he's going to tell you the same thing. Once you see it, you can't unsee it, you know? And then that, that is now your mission is you got, you got to let everybody know because if you don't, you're not doing your job.
1: You know, Bob, I think that, um, and, and I don't, I, I struggle sometimes with trying to how to package and think these things through in my mind. And <laughs> you know, the, um, but the the biggest problem that we've had for i mean just generations is that we just have a poor standard of what god requires of faithfulness in the church and you know we we just have developed a you know in Romans 10 like, like let's look at this a minute in Romans 10 you know the you just think like all these letters and things that paul writes through inspiration you know, 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us their inspired writing. But, you know, all these things are so, you, you can see the Old Testament allegory of the church in Israel, right, and how they just continually did these things that God had this plan and purpose for them, and they executed them in such a a, a poor fashion. And and really they thought that they were really executing them the right way. And in Romans 10, beginning in verse 1, it says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Like you, you could literally write right there, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God is for the church that it might be saved. Now I know Ephesians 5 23, 24, 25, 26, all those verses talk about the fact that the Lord will save the church. Right? That He will save the church, the the his called out people on the on the day of judgment. He's not saving, you know, the individual, he's saving the church. But but this is a plea, you know, for for Paul that he he just wishes these, you know, every single Israelite could be saved. It's a it's pulling at his heartstrings. And because look what he says in verse two, for I bear witness that they have zeal. For God, but not according to knowledge, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. So you, you think about this, Bob, I mean here's here's your allegory in, in this, this comparative measure, that the church has a zeal for a lot of things. I mean, I, I don't doubt that the, the church and, and the Brotherhood at large has a zeal for a lot of things. But it's not according to knowledge. And what what I'm what what he means by that is that that they're not doing things the way that God wanted them to do things. They have a zeal, but it's not according to what God you you can be really happy about things that make you feel good religiously. And that's Mm -hmm. what Israel did. They felt real good about the things that they were doing. But Yeah. Go ahead. And right there
0: with with nine with chapter nine, verse thirty one, it's easy for us when we got our paper Bible open, but might be hard for somebody with a you know digital advisor here, but but you know nine thirty one, he says. But Israel pursuing the law of righteousness has not attained to the law of righteousness. Why? Because they did not seek it by faith, but as it were by the works of the law, for they stumbled at the stumbling stone. And so he said they weren't seeking this thing by faith. He said they're they're seeking it as as a as a checkbox. Yeah system. and
1: and you know like we have to be very careful that we don't we don't hold standards that are extra biblical standards because you know they being ignorant of God's righteousness verse 3 and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God it's mm-hmm. really hard i mean it's really easy for me to create a standard that i can feel good about yeah you, you know it's really easy you know i was talking to a guy recently that uh, he was just hired on by a bigger congregation, and I was like, "So, what is your job?" He's like, "Well, the elders have just kind of gave me a, a an at large job," and I was like, "Let me just give you some advice. You better establish your job parameters really quick, and make sure that you excel at those, because if not, you will become the catch all, and then the standard will be just completely muddled, and the expectations the expectation right will, will come with it. They'll they'll yeah. all of a sudden they're expecting you to do." fill in the blank, whatever it is. Yeah. But, but, you know, what we've done in the church is we've said, these are the standards of faith that we ought to hold, that we've got to be doctrinally sound. I agree with that. I don't mm-hmm. mean to present anything other than we need to be doctrinally sound, but that we've got to make sure that we assemble every time that the saints assemble, that we've got to of the Lord's Supper every first day of the week. And what we've done then is we've created a system of, or a standard of faith That is a works based system in doing so with that, because then I must assemble to be faithful. I must partake of the Lord's Supper to be faithful. I mean, I've had people. You know, call me. Now I'm not listen, please don't hear that Chris is not saying we don't need to take the Lord's Supper. Listen, first Corinthians eleven, you know, all the end of the gospels, Acts twenty and seven, all those things teach us that we're to do that. But there's a reason behind those things.
0: Well it, it don't matter what it don't matter what you say to the rest of the podcast. That's all that anybody's gonna hear is that <laughs> yeah. Chris don't want people taking the Lord's Supper. I, I,
1: I, what I'm getting at here's how you know this. Now I know that our brothers and sisters will see this in the extreme, but I want to use this as an example. I had somebody call one time and want to know if we could bring him the Lord's Supper in the parking lot. They wanted mm-hmm. like to drive in and wanted us to bring the Lord's supper in the parking lot, and and I said, well, this isn't a drive-through. You know, we take the Lord's supper to provoke one another. You know, to remember the Lord's death, to to proclaim His death till He comes again, to examine ourselves. That's what the that was the, the Lord's supper was a system of faith. It wasn't a system of works. It was a system yeah. of us understanding that God wanted us to do every single week. So what we then did is we we focused on the act of it. Right? We instead, focus
0: instead of the heart of it. Instead yeah.
1: of the heart of it. And so, you know, are and, we some. And I want to clarify that too is that I was talking to, I
0: was teaching the gospel yesterday to some people that it was kind of foreign to them. And, and, uh, and the taking the Lord's Supper every week was foreign to them. And, and the idea is that, you know, there's, there's one Lord, there's one faith, there's one baptism. There's, a, there's a one time, you know, when, when all, when all of us became Christians, we decided that. You have to repent, right? Yeah. That you know, Acts Acts 17, you know, God has overlooked these signs of ignorance, but but demands all men everywhere to repent. Jesus said, repent, or you'll all likewise perish in Luke 13, you know, three and five. And so you we we must repent, repent, and be converted, you know, Acts 319. So, but the the idea though of repentance is repentance is not a one-time thing, it is a commitment to continue to repent. Well, when, when you repent just because you've sinned, you don't have to go back and be baptized again. you don't have to be immersed again but but the the, uh, the act of repentance is not a work it is a surrender it is a return to God because of, of something that I erred in and and so once a week at a minimum, God gives us the opportunity not to be judging everybody else or looking at what's wrong, me not looking at what's wrong with Chris or looking at what's wrong with Alan or looking at what's wrong with with the world, but for me to go, how do I line up with Jesus? How 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 am I comparing to Jesus? Because if we start looking at each other and going, how do I compare with Alan? Well, then I, I can see. okay, well, I may be failing at some points. So if I'm looking at how I compare to... To another individual, I go, Well, I might could be failing at some points, but I can also look at somebody else and go, You know, I'm all right, you know, I'm, I'm doing, doing pretty okay. good,
1: I'm yep. not
0: doing as bad as that person. That's right. So
1: he says, Look to Jesus, look right? to
0: Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, you know, and so who for the joy of it, you know, he, he endured the cross, Romans chapter right. 12. So with that, in the heart of taking the Lord's Supper is not going, oh, well, I took the Lord's Supper today, so I'm good. I drove 40 miles out of the way on a Sunday night to make sure I took the Lord's Supper. Uh, no. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, the, so at the, the same time, you heart,
1: right? and at the same time, you know, like, I had a dude show up here. I don't know. It was, you You may have even still been here, Bob. I don't know. It's within the last little bit, and I was standing in the foyer, and, uh, you know, Liam and Coleman used to give out the little cups. You know, well, Liam still mm-hmm. does give out the cups, I think, most of the time, but. But anyways, so they were giving out the cups and this dude walks in and he's got his prison like, you know, release clothes on. You can tell, right? And mm-hmm. he's like you know, he's got a he's got a crooked eye, you know, and so you can't even hardly tell if he's looking at you, but he's like, Man, I need some gas money. I was like, For what? He said, I need to get the McGee to my sister's house. Well Liam walks up with a little bucket, you know, with all the little Lord's Supper cups in it. And uh, he hands that guy one of them. He's like, "Oh, oh, thank you, bro!" And takes <laughs> and peels a <laughs> cracker off the top everything. of it and, and takes a swallow of it. You know, well he no, took. I wasn't here when that. I wasn't there when that happened. Well, he took the Lord's supper, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he did the Lord's supper, and and that's a if that's what it boils down to, then it's a works based system. And so, yeah. you know, what if, what if we held up this really this idea that the that that it's never going to be about works of righteousness but about a show of faith. You know, what What if that's what it would be? You know, what would what would the church look like if it's not about works of righteousness to where I get to say anything? Ephesians, you know, our Calvinist yeah, friends. Bow, that's right. Yeah, that's what our Calvinist friends would hang their hat on, you know, incorrectly, you know, in the sense that, mm-hmm. you know, that the it's nothing you can do to be saved. No, 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 that's not what Paul's teaching there, obviously. You know, he's teaching, verse 10, that you are, Created in God, a, a, a work, His workmanship. You know this thing that's designed to be a tool to be used. Well, what if we held up? What if the church? What if the church, when you're teaching somebody the gospel, that you just don't teach them five finger salvation? Hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. What if you didn't teach them that? What if you help them understand in this process? You must be born again. You must be born again. And what that's going to require from you for the rest of your life is that you are now surrendered to the Lord, and whatever His priorities are are your priorities from this day forward. what 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 the difference would the church look like? Because then you ask the question, what are his priorities? What is the will of God? Well, the will of God is is for us to live this life of confession. You know, that's what our denominational friends, you know they, they would teach Romans 10, nine and 10, you know, this section that we're reading here, that there's some kind of accompanied asterisk to this verse, right? That, that if you confess with your mouth, if you, com- you believe in your heart and with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Why, why would Paul write that in there for? Well, it's because. It's because. Why? Verse 14, how can they call on him whom they have not believed? How should they believe in him whom they have not heard? How should they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? I mean, you know, he's using this process, this confession, is this idea that I have this life now that I have got to give. And Mm -hmm. and, and what that's going to mean is it's going to bubble up and I'm going to tell people about it. Why? Because how are people going to know the process of salvation for the whole world was through the preaching and teaching of the gospel? That is God's underlying foundation of Christianity. Upon this rock... It's the bedrock truth in Matthew 16 that I'll build the church. What that Jesus is the Christ. This understanding that He is the King, that He's the one, that nobody else. And so, when what if the, What would what would the stories of salvation look like if that is the standard that we hold up? That I cannot. This is not a bag of skittles that I get to eat out of the rest of my life. But now I will say that depending on where somebody's at in their journey when they begin, I mean. Man, there's a lot of people that got messes in their lives. And there's a lot of people that got, that got a lot of challenges. And, and I'm not saying that, that's not, that that doesn't require extra effort just from wherever you, wherever you obey the gospel at in your life, whatever, whatever stage of the mess. We're all in a mess somewhere. But whatever part of the mess you're in, yes, it will require extra effort from some people. But that does not negate their responsibility in doing so.
0: Yeah, and I, I want to caution people, too, about not letting our Western teaching put into, uh, and when I say Western, I mean United States standards of the word preacher there in verse 14, that that he said, you know, how, how shall they hear without a preacher? Well, don't just put that as saying how will they hear unless there's a guy in the pulpit. And because this, uh, this word, this is... The, the second, third definition of, of this Greek word, one is, or, is to publish, proclaim openly something which has been done, all right? So, so anybody can, can proclaim openly something that's been done. The third definition is used of the public proclamation of the gospel and matters pertaining to it, made by John the Baptist, by Jesus, by the apostles, and other Christian teachers. And so the idea of this of this word preacher, you can have somebody who's preaching from the pulpit, but pulpits are not the only place for this for the gospel to be proclaimed. It's
1: actually Jesus, it should be the least of them.
0: Jesus proved that if if we're living in the gospel to, to three or four hours a week, then we've lost the point. We, y- we y'all we've get been, three
1: or four hours, man. I get the stink out if I'm doing it three or four hours a week. I'm talking about
0: Sunday morning <laughs> Bible study, worship
1: <laughs> Sunday night, and then Wednesday night.
0: You know. <laughs> Yeah, you you can get this thing out. So that so this uh these guys uh I was talking yesterday we missed a class with our jail ministry and so I asked the person in charge of it I said well how long can they go? They said really you can go as long as you want. Well, um there were some there were some guys who were men. Don't you just love it when guys like Alan buy into the to going and going with you to proclaim the gospel? Oh and, yeah, absolutely. And, and Alan, how many studies do you think you sat in on before you conducted one yourself?
2: I don't know. I sat, sat on quite a few, um, but, you know, it really, you got to sit in on them, you know. But after you sit in, it, it's not that difficult. You've got to go and kind of start, you know, quote unquote, making those mistakes because it's not really, nothing that you do is going to be a mistake. You know, you're still planting seeds. It may not be the best. The best in the world. Um, the next time it's going to be a little bit, a little bit easier, a little bit more comfortable for you. So yeah, I've sat in. and
1: – One of my most favorite ton. pictures of my trip. You know, I, I take these pictures when I'm in
2: Honduras, for
1: example.
0: To document your entire life, right? That's and right. You know, the whole reason. Not, no,
2: he just yeah. he he picks on you about it, but then he does it too. I know when you're when not around. He
0: does it too, and then he's like Bob well, documents every moment of his life so that uh, Hey, let we, me.
1: We got a 30 second timeline. I'll tell mm-hmm. you, my wife stood the other day. She was like. Let me see your camera gallery. I was like, okay, you can see. I it.
0: know we already talked about this before. You got wiring diagrams. Yeah, and all she, these she,
1: you know it's like ninety five of them of gears and wiring diagrams and everything else. Yeah. But but one of my favorite, you know, I try to take these things because like, you know, you talk about our trip together, right, Bob? And and mm-hmm, I've got pictures yeah. of us together on our trip, but I don't remember the year, and I don't necessarily remember all the people that we taught. I don't remember some of the classes. I just remember events with Bob right mm-hmm. you know what i'm yeah. saying yeah mm-hmm. and so i put those seer moments you know in my head and i got a seer moment of alan on our trip last year of him i reckon he was translating uh, uh a
2: bible study i don't speak spanish
1: yeah yeah you you had you know the did
2: did is it one that one of the brothers had did Yeah. Or so, like so the honduran brothers were doing doing a study with uh some hondurans you know and the whole thing is in Spanish, so I don't speak a, a you know a lick of Spanish. Um, but that was kind of a, you know, Chris talks about that, but that was a really big one for me because as they're going through the lesson, you know, you start picking up on things. Once again, I don't speak Spanish, but I know what he's talking about. I know where he's at. I know what this means. And you start kind of putting those, those dots together, and it paints that whole picture for you. So, I mean – that's what I'm saying when it when, when you don't have to go to too many of them you can go to one in a foreign language and and you can still figure it out pretty quick so let
0: me ask you this when you're when you went on that mission trip did you did you feel like you were right with God and saved already
2: yeah I did um going on that trip but coming back you know that's the coming back is what you really see the change and the coming back is where I, I realized that I'd kind of missed that mark and I got baptized that the week that we got back so yeah yeah
0: that's right i I remember we that got back and on
2: a saturday night and i think it was a wednesday wednesday when i saved so
0: yeah and uh you know that's that's powerful but yeah so chris you doc you took a picture of that right of, yeah of him with those honduran
1: brothers yeah 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 and i mean i can't share it on here but i could show it to you you know i mean yeah. i have to i have to have to figure out how to do it but yeah, I mean, yeah, I know. I, no, I had, think
0: I've seen. I think I've seen those well, pictures. Uh, well, the reason why
1: is because, I, I, in, in my mind, those are the most powerful pictures because then it's not about it's about a self motivated, you know, desire, you know, to to hold you know, that I, that I cannot, you know, because because in my mind, what whether or not Alan realized it or not, I, I knew what that meant was that Alan was going to use this to teach people the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and, and Alan wasn't a Christian, you know, and, and and, what
0: Alan didn't know is we were all praying for Alan on this trip, that he would see the light of the gospel. It was much
1: appreciated. Yeah. Yeah, And and so, you know, like, it's just a, a tremendous blessing, you know, that you, so you think about, you go back to this idea of, of Israel creating their own righteousness. You know, we just need to be real careful in the church that, that we're not creating a system of faith that God will not measure us by one day because ultimately you don't want to be surprised on the day of judgment. I mean, you know, in in Matthew 7, we quote this, you know, many will be Lord, Lord in that day. You know, if you really look at that, and I I mean, right, really just kind of like step back. now. It's very applicable for a lot of ways, but he's literally Mm -hmm. talking about false prophets there. Yeah, right. You know, if you really look at it, he's talking about false prophets. And so you think about it, he's talking about people that have created the wrong standard of faith. So so just think about the allegory for that and to us in the church. Now, we usually use that for people in the denominational world that that they, you know, think they've done these things or whatever it is. Now, that may be true. That's still just applicable. But the nuts and bolts of it is, is that this is a people that have created the wrong system of faith and are then trying to uphold this system and expect to be judged righteously by that system.
0: Yeah. there was, um, I was getting back to the thing is, is, you know, I was telling you, isn't it wonderful when guys like Alan get on board with you and do these things. And, and so, you know, there's, uh, yesterday two, two additional brothers joined in on, on jail ministry. And, uh, and so, you know, that makes, that makes, uh, five total men that are, that are, you know, that are buying into this teaching the gospel. And, uh, and so, you know, the opportunity was placed to about 16 men and not all of them, you know, had the opportunity, but, you know, they were told Sunday said, Hey, if you want to, if you want to help cut your teeth on teaching the gospel to, to people that would be pretty receptive, you know, and, and, um, in a place that, you know, if you can get, if you can get, a, if you can overcome walking behind the bars, Walking beyond that door and having that door shut with you, being in there with, with guys that are criminals, if you can overcome the fear of that. Then you know that that's a huge step forward with with teaching the gospel to people, and and what a blessing it is, you know, from the Lord. But. Anyways, I I asked the person you know who was in charge how much time do we have and they said uh, well you you know really you, you got all the time you want and so those two guys said they told the wrong guy that that thing you
2: know?
1: <laughs> they don't really mean that when they say yeah, it. yeah they don't mean it yeah it's like right. Alan and I were we we went to we had to go to Dallas this weekend yeah. and and you know people say like well just get me up when you get up in the morning I'm like I, I don't think they really mean that because nobody really yeah. wants to get up I don't want to get up at four yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's, You know, nobody really means that when they say that, like, you know, like, I I will, but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to sit here for an hour or two, because I don't think you really Mm -hmm. mean that.
2: I'm going to wait around to the last minute before I do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We were, uh, the
0: church was building a wheelchair ramp uh, Saturday for a guy that had lost his leg, and one of the brothers um, reminded everybody before we went over there, and he said, he said, guys, he said, don't forget the purpose that we're going over there. He said, if, if we're just building another ramp, he said, you know, if you look through that trailer park, he said, there's been ramps that have been placed by other people. He said, he said, if we're just going over to build a ramp, he said, we're no different than any other denomination or any other organization that's out there. But we're the only ones, we're the only ones with the truth, and we're the only ones with the resurrected news. And, uh, and that's a man, I was just like, amen to that. And, and so there's a when, when you, you know, when you get, when you start getting the picture, you know, in people's minds. That, and that's the question that you have to ask people saying, okay, well, you got to ask yourself, am, am I, am I faithful in the Lord? And, and am I a faithful Christian? And, and the, the question with that is, is, is this is a, a good question for people is saying, okay, well, how committed are, are you to the Lord? Well, who have you told about, who have you told talked to about Jesus in the last 30 days? And let that be a litmus test in your life. Because I know that, that you've probably taken the Lord's Supper and you've prayed. And I know that, that you have probably given, uh, you know, out of the goodness of your heart to the Lord. And I, and you've probably done a good deed for somebody. You've probably sang songs. And you, you've probably been inside the church building every time the doors have been opened. But but really and truly, you got to ask yourself, have I spoke to anyone about Jesus? Beyond
1: those four walls. So uh, let's um, let's see if we can put Adam on the spot, Bob. Let's ask him some real, real, real weird questions. You want to? I'll, I'll, I'll be end ready. I'll be ready for starter. the answers. <laughs> uh, this is, uh, <coughs> you know, the don't forget this is unscripted, but it's also uncensored, Alan. I got so, you. So <laughs> no problem. <laughs> the um, so, Alan, what what uh, you know when you kind of started this process of, of becoming a Christian, what was you know, what what were some of the tipping points that got you to, to you know, like there there was obviously a desire to want to know the truth before you got here, you know, so what were yeah. some of those things? You know, what can what can you tell people out there that are looking for the the Alan Morrows, like you know, those guys like you? What can you tell people about your kind of thought process, mental state, you know,
2: whatever it is? Yeah, I mean the first time I ever stepped foot in this building was for a blood drive, you know, and, and that day we had a Bible study uh, while we were waiting for our turn to, to give blood. Um, whenever I got here, I had questions, you know, so look for people who have questions. Look for people who, you know, can read. Like, And, and I say that kind of tongue in cheek, but it it's all written down. All you have to do is read it. You know, it, it does help sometimes to have somebody kind of explain some stuff. You know, whether you're the person doing the kind of the explanation or, or you're receiving it. But I mean, for the most part, you got to find people who who want to see change in their life and they want to see change kind of in their uh, their sphere of influence. I mean, so when you you came, you said you know you look
1: for, you you had a Bible study that first day. Okay, let, let's talk about that. Why why would you even uh, I mean. Why would there even be a Bible study that day at a blood drive? You know, so so I'm I'm asking because like you would have to have uh, in your mind it was already an option to be able to do that. Whether you'd sit down and said I'm going to this church to have a blood drive, it was it was obviously an acceptable thing with with the person mm-hmm. that that had the the study with you. You know, so it was obviously a a, a thing that where it wasn't you know the well, weird or whatever. So you in right. your mind this was already a, a, a yes to mm-hmm. that question.
2: Yeah. So like I came from a a denominational background and I left that congregation just due to some of the, some of the teachings about the spiritual gifts and um, you know, that kind of topic there. So whenever you go through and you read, you you start to realize that some of those things that are taught in the different denominations, and I'm not going to pick on just one of them, but it doesn't line up with what the Bible says. You know, we can all cherry pick verses to make it say, anything that we wanted to say. Um, mm-hmm. And then Joe is the one who invited me here. You know, I work, I was in the army with Joe, and uh, you know, we had already went back and forth, you know, about coming to Kensington Woods for, for uh, assembly, and I already knew from the, the get-go coming up here that, you know, everybody here was, you know, evangelistic, and Asking somebody to study with them—that's not going to be a problem. It, the problem is going to be finding which one, because everybody's going to want to do it with you. Right? Um, <laughs> right. You know, so you get to kind of pick I your flavor there. Good
0: question. So, hey, Joe already planted some seeds with you, or already discussed some scriptures with you?
2: Yeah, he did. He, he did some. Um, you know, we, we're friends, so we had discussed some of the uh, the issues that I was kind of working through, and Joe did a great job of. You know, answering those those questions, just pointing to some a few scriptures and then you know opening that invitation like, hey, is this you know you sh- you should come see me, you know come come sit at the uh, the assembly with me and the first, I think two weeks after that it really didn't work out just because of our work schedule. we're we're you know consistently out of town, but um, then the blood drive happens. Well, that was a Saturday. It was very intentional on Joe's part for me to come up here. And it was really just to get my foot in the door and ease the tension, if you will, of of being in a new place around new people, uh, being able to be introduced to a couple of people in the congregation. That way, Sunday morning, it's a lot easier of a transition, you know, versus you just walk into the door, you know, deer in the headlights type of situation. Did you have Michelle with you to the blood drive? Uh, Not to the blood drive. She does not do blood at all. So she she stayed at home for that. I couldn't remember. I didn't think she was here.
0: I mean, and poor Michelle, she's so petite. I mean, if she gave a,
2: she can't get blood, blood anyways, <laughs> right? Yeah, I know it. That's what she told me. She's like, but, oh, I can't get blood anyway, so you know, you go ahead and it's best for me well, just to, to yeah. stay here. Well,
0: and you think about this too that, that those are you get those window days so that people can peek in our windows and in, in the Lord's church, so that hopefully we can get them inside inside the doors, and not only not only doors of worship, but but doors of, of, of study and doors of, of, you know, getting in and digging deep in the word together. And, and that's what blood drives do.
1: That's what fish fries
0: are for. Mm-hmm.
1: That's what. Yeah, uh, I got a message know, on tr- my phone from, uh, um you know, we had the marriage retreat this weekend. And um, mm-hmm. uh, there yeah, were. I heard
0: Lonnie Jones uh, just grand slam knocked out and out the park. Yeah, there were. At the there stadium.
1: Were, there were three or four families there that aren't even members of the church, you know, at our mm-hmm. at our marriage retreat. And they were because they were invited. And I got a a message from one of the actually from one of the wives thinking me, you know, I reckon because they associate you know, this is still a denominational view of of some kind of pastoral, you know, um yeah, right. mm-hmm. oversight, you know, when it was really our, our shepherds and the deacons that, that that were in charge or the ones that facilitated all that. But, you know, I, I say that to say this, that I got the message because she was so thankful that she wanted to make sure that that she let us know what a blessing mm-hmm. and a benefit was to them and you know this family that you know this family that we that messaged me i mean you, you know i'm too bob and i ain't gonna say her name but you know they um you know we've we've been trying for you know two or three years to really trying to bring that that family into the church and yeah. and but it's a process and so but you have to capitalize on these moments mm-hmm. you know i mean mm-hmm. alan you know you just cap you just you just you know it just the stars lined up there, you know, thankful to God. And but what would happen if we were just a, a knucklehead? You know? What yeah. if what if we'd have just never what if we'd have just been like, it's Saturday,
2: I want to get home, I wanna get back in the shop and well you know we, we don't have to what if. Amen. So yeah. Well, that, that that's the blessing here. You know, yeah. and the thing is, like with all the studies that I've done, some of the most successful, you know, studies that's been the most conducive, those have been the ones where you bring folks into the church building and kind of introduce them to the atmosphere early on, even if they're not going to show up to, to assembly on Sunday morning, or, you know, Bible study Wednesday night, bring them in when nobody is around. It's low stress. They understand, okay, it's just, it's just a building. You know, we're, yeah, they we're just see people. They we're see the
0: walls before they see, That's right. before they see the church.
2: That's right. Yeah. They, they realize we're just, we're normal people. We're not, we're not weird or any, I mean, Chris is weird, but a that's different, a you know. That's right. um, we're all
0: weird. We're all
2: different. Uh, yeah. o- overall, I mean, we're, we're normal people who are just trying to connect with other people.
1: Yeah, and, and that's the power of what the gospel does then because, you know, that was ultimately the way the Lord wanted us to do it. He wanted us to be normal people in abnormal ways. And and I know that's hard. You know, that may sound like real, you know, an oxymoron, but that's that's what he's getting at is that, you know, when he says you, Matthew 5, verse 16, be a light, you know, that's a collective command that requires the individual to respond to it. You know, the, you be a light, you know, you know so let your light shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That's everybody's got to be a light. But it's just how that works in your life is different.
0: Yeah, Jesus was questioned by some leaders in, in Mark 12, and this is just kind of goes with what you were saying, Alan. He was... He was just speaking, they were kind of saying, you know, how you know, how is it that you know the scribes say that Christ is the son of David? And certainly, you know, he's he's gonna come from that lineage. But but Jesus uh you know, he he makes this statement in verse uh in Mark twelve, thirty-six. He said, For David himself said by the Holy Spirit, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Well, Peter also you know referenced referenced that verse I believe in the Sermon on the Mount just just stating that Jesus was the Lord and uh and I know that that, that verse is used in, in Hebrews I'm not sure about Acts let me let me check that right quick but the, the point I wanted to make was the yeah, the point I wanted to make was uh was uh, was Mark 12:37 he said therefore David himself calls himself lord how is it how is he then his son? That's not the point I was wanting to make. And then it says this, and the common people heard him gladly. That's my that's and, one of
1: my favorite verses in the Bible. Yeah. It
0: just it's the common it's the common people. And so uh, you we can't relate with everybody. There there are some people that are out there that are um, you know, that are you can relate on some on some levels with with with, you know, mankind, but there there's some people that are uh that you know that need more attention or they they may relate more on a it's hard for bob to relate to a, a to a you know rocket scientist well guess what we have in the church at little old capitol hill we have a rocket scientist
1: out there and yeah but huntsville sweetest, is st- stocked with them
0: yeah and she's sweet as can be and you know i'm i'm you know the more chris is the one who's t- teaching me you know laws of thermodynamics i know i heard them in science class but i didn't understand them you know in seventh and eighth grade but you know when I well we didn't talking, care
1: we didn't <laughs> care
0: right when i'm in the shop class and i'm realizing you know a law of thermodynamics is that everything's you know is is cooling down and it's going away from that heat source you know it, it didn't it wasn't until i got a bend on on the shaft of my uh of my bush hog that i understood a law of thermodynamics you know that everything's trying to cool off when we're in a, it wasn't really cold outside but we're trying to cool we're trying to heat up a shaft you know with a torch and and um and so but but you know when you're using a law of thermodynamics with uh you know with with, with this that, that matters neither created nor destroyed you know that it just it just changes its its form when a how when a, when a piece of when a seed is planted and it grows into a tree that tree is cut down the, the point i was wanting to make is we took lumber and lumber that had been cut and then we built something with it we made a ramp for it well one day that lumber is going to rot and it's going to go back into the ground, and and you, or you could burn that lumber, and, and well, that lumber is just going to turn into a gas. It's it's just a different form of energy, and uh and so right now that that wood is going give an energy for a stable energy for a man to to get in and out of his and out of his house, and um, but well, guess what? That law of thermodynamics that I mentioned may not have related to anybody else. Guess who it related to? A young Christian who's a rocket scientist, and uh, and you know they they appreciated that, and uh, and so there's um you don't ever know who you're going to relate to, but but you, but the common people, and and being common, and and so so Second Timothy chapter two and verse twenty four, and, and so you have to ask yourself, am I a servant of the Lord? And and people say, well, yeah, I'm a servant of the Lord. Well, here's what Paul's telling Timothy that verse 24, this is one of my favorite verses in in the Bible, this little passage here. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, 25, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. He's talking about that a servant needs to be evangelistic. They need to be able to teach and, and, and be able to correct people. Well, you know, the way that this was presented to our congregation is we're, we're studying about qualities of elders and deacons and an elders supposed to be apt to teach. He's able to teach. And, and, uh, and so some people are saying, well, I'm not able to do that. Well, this as a servant of the Lord's supposed to be able to teach. And so what it goes back to that standard. What's the standard that we're placing on the church? Is it, and we're just learning Bible bold, you know, just so that we can learn facts or we learn it so that we can, we can have facts applied.
1: Yeah. So then Alan, here's the, here's another, you know, $50,000 question. Did you ever think you'd be here? Not at all. (laughs) And, And so like, I can't stress that enough. And not that, not that you didn't know, but Bob didn't know. And Chris didn't know none of us really knew what we were signing up for when we signed up to follow Jesus we just signed up to follow Jesus and you know that's what a walk of faith means then is that Lord I just don't know what I'm going to do anymore in the sense of that I'm not going to make those decisions anymore I'm gonna let you make them for me and what that means is is that if my path crosses with somebody then I know that that's for a reason you know Esther 4 14 you know we quote that verse you know you don't know whether you come to the kingdom for a time such as this right but But you don't know whether you come to a blood drive for a time such as this. You don't know whether you came to a a a gas station for a time such as this. A person broke down on the side of the road. uh, uh, Whatever. There's a ten thousand You know. Put any scenario you want in there, and. But you know what the Lord is. Well, if we could really step back and realize that it's that it's not about ourselves but about Him, then we'll be able to really realize that the Lord really. The blessing of these stories is that the Lord the Lord delights in doing these great things with just these randomly seemingly random circumstances, these seemingly random and, and insignificant type people. He loves to 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 do these things because then, you know, there's this Easter egg that when Paul in First Corinthians, I mean 2 Corinthians 11, 12, 13, when he's kind of, you know, going through this thing about all the troubles he's had and he even says that like you know, I prayed to the Lord three times, Remove this thorn in my side. And, and what he says to Paul is like, no, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Now, here's the Easter egg. For in your weakness, I am made strong. You know, he, he's showing that, that like, you, Paul, there's a real problem. You know, there's a real challenge with you being able to glory in the things that you've done. But what I can do, what that Paul shows the world, Paul, is that I can do these great things. Through these seemingly huge obstacles. Whatever that obstacle was Paul had in his life, God says, Paul, that thing right there, I can take it and do big stuff with.
2: Yeah, I mean, what we gotta be careful of is limited in the Lord. You know, and, and that's that's one of the biggest things that I've learned is, you know, whenever you start serving and whatever role, capacity that may be, you know, it, it may be taking out the trash, you know, well. Once you start doing that, it's gonna just start raining opportunities on you. And when they start raining, don't don't be afraid to take it. You know, you may not be able to do every single one because of scheduling, but don't let your, you know, lack of confidence be what stops you because that, you know, for a little bit that's what held me back, you know. Oh, I can't I can't sing, I can't do this, I can't do that. Well, it's not about me, you know, and, and that's what we gotta gotta remember. Yeah. yeah,
0: you remember when Alan, when you were given a job, and it, you weren't even a member of the church? Yep. What 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 job were you given today?
2: Well, are you talking? Which one? Are you talking about at the uh, the VBS? Nope. Talking oh. about it. Uh, step back one step backwards.
0: Take a step back. In man. Honduras? The, nope. Keep, nope. Going Keep going back. Going <laughs> back.
2: How far back we going? To to our let's family to the, weekend. Let's go
0: to the family weekend.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. What, what, what
0: were you in charge of? Uh,
2: I was in charge of the uh, the the balloon and dart station out there, <laughs> <That's right. Yeah. laughs> about how you uh you know how our family should kind of be operating and, and what what we're looking at you know so yeah so yeah so
1: each one of those little stations they had a purpose behind it and yep. you know re- we'd set it up with boards and balloons and and it was like you know not missing the mark you know you know trying to be focused yep. on the target and you know we gave it to Alan and Michelle and. You know, that was a very pointed and subliminal thing, so that Alan and Michelle would, would interact with every one of our families. I don't think Michelle was
2: saved then either at that point. I, I don't, don't remember.
1: I don't know. I, I remember she was baptized pretty
2: early on in our studies. March, yeah, I the hard-headed one. And
1: uh, the uh, I, I don't remember. Either way.
0: They both were in March, so anyways. Uh, no, Alan we had like enough June, confidence right? that y'all yeah. weren't crazy and, and enough confidence that we wanted y'all in touch with every family, you know, yeah, the, you really can't guys. run off
1: the rails scooping up darts. That's right. You know what I mean. Yeah. Like, you, it's kind of hard. You, you got to be pretty vigilant with that, you know, because yeah. you might end up with one in your tail, yeah. you know, if you don't watch close enough. And so, you know, you, you look at these un- seemingly small things, but you know, just think about how planned and purpose those things were. It was like, yes, we need to give that to them. We need to get them around our people, and so that eventually now they are our people or his people. Right. I reckon. Yeah, God's people.
0: And and this is. Uh, you know, there's a profound statement made by Jonathan, Saul's son, when Saul was doing nothing with God's army. He was sitting over there under the, what what was it, under the pomegranate trees or yeah, whatever? Yeah, yeah, and And Jonathan's riling up his, his armor bearer. There was two swords in Israel at that time. And Jonathan said, I'm going to do something with this sword. And and so if there were only two Bibles, there's only two Bibles left in the in the world would, what would you do with that Bible? You know, would you just, would you hold it all to yourself and study it and make sure that you knew it all? And then that's what you got to ask yourself as one of God's servants. If, the, if there was only two Bibles left in the whole world and you possessed one of them, what would you do with it? Would you hold on to it? Would you read it? Would you study it? And the question is, is would you share it? And and you got to ask yourself, okay, if, if I, if I can make that statement that if there was only two Bibles if there's only two Bibles in America out of 330 something million people, would you share it? Well, if your answer is yes, then why are you not sharing it today? Why would you not share it today? And, and the Lord said, let me go back to this quote before I get on a high horse of preaching here. But, but Jonathan said, he said, the, the Lord, he said, it may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. And so as you think about the Lord, he's willing to save by by few, and, he, and he'll do that. And, and that ignited a, a, a charge in God's people. But but if your answer today is, well, I would certainly share God's word, you know, on, on that day, um, you know, if, if there was only two Bibles, well, why are you not doing it today? Because there's 330 million people, and you've got to ask yourself how many of those people
1: truly are saved. Yeah, and, and so you're, you're drawing a pretty distinct line, Bob. You know, I want you to be clear about that. You know, you're the saying, Lord does. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm saying, like, you're you're upholding a pretty distinct line. What you're saying, then, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that if confession is made with with the heart, man believes in righteousness, and confession is made unto salvation, that you, whether or not you tell people about Jesus, whether or not you are willing to stand up for the Lord, I ain't talking about. You're not talking about being a keyboard warrior, right? Because you know, y'all, your all the people on Facebook that see your little post, you're already friends with them, anyways, mm-hmm. right? So what you're saying then is that, Bob, that if your, if if the Lord said to you, Bob, if you're not willing to tell people about me, then I'm not willing to tell my Father about you. Is that what you're saying, Bob?
0: Mm, run that one more time.
1: Uh, okay, let's let's do it this way. Let me just let me just read it to you. You know the way he would say it. Then instead of trying to, let's just say, let's just turn to Matthew chapter ten. Oh yeah,
0: he who confesses me before men, him will I confess before my Father. But he who denies me before men, him will I deny before my Father.
1: Yeah, I mean that, that's what Jesus. Yeah. that's what Jesus said. You know Matthew. That's ten thirty right. two Thirty two and 33.
0: In, Ma- in Matthew 12, 30, he said, "He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters." And so. You don't have to know every book, chapter,
1: and verse. Question: can They didn't have it, Bob. They they did not have book, chapter, and verse. You, you got what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. the, the the idea of book, chapter, and verse is a is a is a is is far into the is, future. You know, Acts eight and verse one, it just says they went everywhere preaching and teaching the word, proclaiming, yeah, yeah, heralding. Really, it's the word evangelizing. You Helio. that's the Greek word there. That's where we get our word evangelizing from. They went everywhere preaching and teaching the word. Now. So you got to ask yourself, like, what if if today was the day of judgment, right? And God said, I need you, I need you to, tomorrow you will be standing before me on judgment, so today I need you to be telling people about Jesus. How many people would get off their seats then? Oh, man. If Jesus could step out on Monday morning or whatever and say, okay, today's your last day. And eternity will be staked on this claim, whether or not you are telling people about me today. Now, how much would that change us if we really believe that the day of the Lord will come as a thief of the night? How much would that yeah. really believe us that today is the day of salvation, that we're not promised tomorrow? Take no thought for the The day of the Lord shall shall be a terrible day you know all those all those Bible verses what what would that change us about it if we really believed that God was coming back one day and and my response to him in faith is not a a, a response of fear but a response of devotion
0: yeah amen to that and you, you had to think too is is going to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature was that just to the was that just to the to the the closest followers that he gave it to right then, or is that to everybody? Yeah. The King James is the best one to accuse that. Yeah. Does go ye mean go me or or just go them?
1: Yeah, that's right. Go ye is everybody.
0: Yeah. Alan, let me ask you this. So you became a Christian in June, on June 28th of 2023. All right. And, and I know you sat in on studies and you've had studies with people and, um, I've already made it known about how many studies you've had with other people, but, my question to you is, is what advice could you give to anybody in the church who is afraid to share the gospel with somebody else?
2: Don't be afraid. Um, I say that, but I I genuinely mean that don't be afraid. Don't, you know, whenever you sit down and have these studies, just remember, like setting the study, that's, it's not the win, but it is a small win. You know, that's, that is a, a battle in that war, you know, and that's you doing your part is what you are saying. Yeah, so you
1: can't, you, you know, you know this past week, mm-hmm. last week, you know, I had this, um, you know, somebody call me and boohooing because they just feel like they're they're not teaching people, you know, they're turning more people away than they are than they are uh, bringing people to the Lord, and I and I and I had to remind them, you're having Bible studies, you're teaching yep. people the gospel. It's you know, you're, it's not that you're required baptizing people is, is not your responsibility. That's right. And
2: that's, that's what I'm getting at. You know, like, don't, don't judge that study that you're having based on when you get up from there, are you going to baptize somebody? Because if that's what you're doing, it's, you're always going to have a a losing record, you know, in, in, in my opinion, you know, that's not, not really what the goal is. Just plant the seeds, plant the seeds. And then, you know, either, either take, or somebody else to come along and, and nurture it a little bit later on.
0: Uh, you told me you told me in a text message uh, two weeks ago something to tell our people and it's something about the little bit of truth that they have. Do you remember you remember what you told me?
2: Yep. Um, yeah, so you know, anybody in the church, you you already have more truth and more knowledge about this word than you know, the majority of the people walking the planet, so don't, don't think, you know, some people's gonna play stump the chump with you, but, you know, you've got the knowledge, you've got everything you need, at some point, we have to go, you know, we can, we can only talk about it, we can only plan for it for so long, but we have to go actually do it, and when you go do it, and you have those studies, you're gonna get better, I mean, don't expect it to be, you know, the Absolute dream quality of a Bible study on your very first one. Yeah, we ought to do a, a
1: podcast sometime, Bob, about the stupid things we've done during Bible studies. You know, I mean, I, that, don't, I, I don't want to reveal
2: all those. Nah. Things. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Nah, nah, I, it, you, you can do that one.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's just and the <laughs> reason right, we'll
2: interview you, Chris.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> just give uh, us one minute, Chris. What's something stupid? You? No, nah, I'm just kidding.
1: Uh, but but you know, just the stupid things, the way that you uh-huh. drop the ball. You know the. The dumb thing, you know, this, you know, the way that you, I mean, just there's so many lessons to learn. But, you know, oh, yeah. and and really and truly, you know, if we told those stories, that would just be a, a happy story day. But, mm-hmm. really, what it's going to take, you know, to, for anything, anything, period, is just time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so often I get guys come to me, and whether it's young men that are struggling with just kind of maturing, you know, trying to, you know, finally become the person that they need to be in the Lord, and they always want you to kind of give them some Mac Daddy verse, you know, that kind of, you know, pushes them over the edge. And what you realize is, I tell everyone them the same way. Now, there's a lot of verses I could tell them that I think about sometimes, but what I try to do is tell them that it will take this one thing, time, whether it's five mm-hmm. years or twenty years, it will just take you sitting in this seat that I'm in now, and some other guy looking at you and saying. Uh, asking these questions and you're the only answer and the best answer you can give him is just time just chip away at it it really will work its way out work itself out everything that you think is a is a challenge or struggle to you today it won't be later on you will overcome those things but that won't mean that there's not new challenges coming yeah church growth is
0: is far beyond attendance mm-hmm. and you know one, one thing that's one thing that i really trying to be stri- tried to stress with our congregation is people um we had a share of verse night sunday night and you know people are you know we thought we were coming back to, to less than twenty people at Kate at uh Capitol Hill and um and you know so people were are rejoicing because we had you know, 45 plus people there on a, on a Sunday night. But here's, here's the blessing is that 19 ladies and I think 24 men all shared a verse. I'm sorry, 19 ladies and 24 guys, because
1: that's 43. some of those
0: guys, some of those guys weren't men. And, uh, and so there was, there was two people of the whole congregation that, that didn't share a verse with somebody. One was a, was a uh, just a, a timid person that's just been, anyways. It's older and and they're just, anyways, they're timid to, to do it. And then, and then another one was a you know was eleven year old girl and she'd had a skating accident and we think that like her leg maybe I mean, She was getting X rays the next day, you know, and so she's just she was shook up from that accident. But she was still at church. You know, imagine how many mamas would go. Well, we ain't going to church tonight because. Such and such had a fall, you know, and they had a skating accident, so we couldn't come. Uh, I understand, you know, there may be circumstances why you couldn't come, but that mama made sure her kid was there that night. And, and guess what? That kid heard her mama share a verse with the other ladies, and so we split guys and ladies. And, and, uh, and so you think, like, you thought that there were 20 people, you know, six months ago. Well now 40 pe- 40 something people have shared God's word with each
1: other. There's a big difference and between growing and swelling. Mm-hmm. Yes explain that. Well you know the the we, we like to have our little board you know with our number on it you know so we can we can have a metrics of how we're tracking things you know like we have you know 89 on Sunday morning and 73 for Bible class and you know 63 or 67 on Wednesday night. And we want to look at that number next year, and we want to see whatever it means, a percentage. I don't know what it would be. And, and you know, that even that really, if you think about it, even that they say we want to, you know, I heard a church. I was, you don't know this church. So I'm not even going to say the name of it. But I, I was preaching, you know, at this church a while back. And, you know, one of their prayers was that I just pray that that God will send us some more Christian families so we can have, Kids in our church, and mm-hmm. this was a smaller congregation with a lot of older people in it, and mainly no, no, you know, a couple teenagers at at best, and they were praying that that the Lord would send him people that were already Christians that would come so that they could, in their mind, they thought that we got a, we can have these families here, and then we'll be able to, to attract families from the world, but we've got to have this first. Well, what they did was they put a barrier in place. They they number one they limited God. Because they said the only way that we'll be able to grow, and really what they meant was swell, is mm-hmm. is by having these attractant things. Well, no, 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 no. You already have what you need, the gospel. You go out and you start teaching people the gospel, and all those other things will take care of itself. You can't, you, when you say that, you put God in this box and say, God, if you can just give me this one little thing, put you in this box, you give me this one little thing in this box, and this is what I need, when we already don't know what we need anyways. Right, and <laughs> we think we got it figured out. And so what we do is we look at this member board and we say, okay, we got more numbers than we had last year. So we're growing. Well, that may be indicative of growing, right? Mm-hmm. But far too often, it's swelling.
0: You better be putting a different test in to see. Yeah. If, if that's your only test is a, is a number, then then we, we Satan has got us exactly where he wants us. So because Jesus said, many, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesied of you and and so also how many go go about the way of the path of destruction and so he said there's many that go that go by that that, that enter by the wide gate that leads to destruction and so there but there are a few who who find this this path that's to that's to life
1: and and uh and so so let's ask alan one question to stitch it up bob all right alan yeah. we want to ask you are you good with stitching it up you know
0: yeah,
1: yeah, I'm sure. Um, Alan, if, if you were going to give advice, you know, like like I know Bob asked this question, but if you're going to give advice to somebody that, you know, as a whole to the brotherhood, what would you want the brother? what would you want the church to know? What would you want the church as a whole to know? Sound bite material, Alan.
2: <laughs> no pressure, right? No, for, for the entire brotherhood, what I would say is, you know, and I kind of hit on it a while ago, like, we're at a point of planning is over. Like you, you've got to start going and doing something. You know, the world we live in. If, if you don't go out and and talk to these people, I'm not even gonna say preach to these people, but talk to these people about God. Other things are catching their attention, you know, and and you're competing with all of those things. So just go. That I mean that that's the the biggest thing I can say is you know there, there's a lot of people that talks about. Oh, I'm going to go on this mission trip. Oh, I'm going to, you know, do whatever event with the congregation. VBS or something. Yeah, I'm going to go to VBS. Just just go. Like, today. Like, what are you doing later today? Go then. Go then. Go then. Now. Go now. Not then. Go today. Awesome. Hey, we
1: love you guys. We'll see you next week.